Influencers is brought to you by Seven Seas. Start your day the right way. Sawyer Studios, located in the Flowers Plaza, Carmichael Road West. Carib Construction. Real Time Sound Studios. And Global Transformation Media, transforming you from the inside out. Welcome to Influencers on Guardian Talk Radio, 96.9 FM, and I am your host, Lady Shima. And on this radio show, we take you into the world of leaders within Bahamian society and the global community to give you insight on how they use their influence to bring about positive change. We provide this platform for influencers to inspire our listeners with their personal stories on how they maneuver and strategize to still be impactful and influential even in this new norm environment post-COVID-19. It is our hope that the stories and the insight of the influencers we bring to you will inspire you to use the power of your influence to bring transformational change to your immediate environment, Bahamian society, and for some, even across international divides. And today, we take you into the minds of a noted parliamentarian who has set a bar for the Bahamas in foreign relations and diplomatic affairs. He's an attorney at law and the former minister of foreign affairs and immigration. He now serves as chairman of the Progressive Liberal Party, the PLP. Today, we discuss the impact of majority rule in a modern Bahamas, hot topics impacting the national landscape of the Bahamas, and elections 2022. All this and more when we return here on Influencers on Guardian Talk Radio, 96.9 FM. Need your picture taken? Well, if you want it to look its best, then go to the best. It's Soya Studios, capturing your special events, portraits, passport, job, and visa photos. Plus, there's more. Also offering professional printing services of business cards, letterheads, signs, and banners. Opened Monday to Saturday, 8 a.m. to 7 p.m. And Sundays, 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. It's a legacy. 28 years and growing. Located in the Flowers Plaza, Carmichael Road. Call 361-7786. Start your day the right way with seven C's. Start your day the right way. Trust in the timeless tradition of Seven Seas Cod Liver Oil. Seven Seas Cod Liver Oil is a rich, natural source of omega-3, giving you the essential nutrients needed to promote good health and help make sure you're looking and feeling your very best. Whether it's one a day, high strength, or traditional, with Seven Seas Cod Liver Oil, you start your day the right way. Start your day the right way with Seven Seas. At Carib Construction and Project Management, we do three things. We give you exactly what you want at the best possible price while building at the best construction standards in the industry. So when making that big investment in building a home, apartment, or commercial complex, trust our over 20 years of professional experience in architectural drawing, design, and electrical. We even offer complete packages with property and construction included. See our impressive portfolio at caribconstruction.com or call us at 3414 or 466. Welcome back to Influencers, and I'm your host, Lady Shima. And with me today is Influencer, Senator Fred Mitchell, for part one of a two-part series. Welcome to the show, Senator. Hi, great to be here. Thank you for having me. It's really awesome to have you here. Some very, very interesting things happening in our nation today. And uh, looking at the rise of intolerance, I would say, when it comes to the electorate, they're becoming more uh, vocal, uh, even, I can even say, enraged as we look at some of the issues that we are now presented with as a people. 
Uh, but let's start off on a lighter side, and that is the name of the show is Influencers. And this show is concerned with taking listeners into the experiences of influencers to take a closer look at how influencers leverage their influence to bring about positive change. But before we get into that, let, I want you to just take two minutes to tell me a bit about two persons who have influenced your life, one who has influenced your core values as an individual, and another who has influenced your political aspirations and career. Well, I would think my mother is probably the main influencer. Really? Uh, she's quite uh, quite a community lady <clears throat> and mm -hmm. a, quite a professional mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, a stickler for doing things right. Mm -hmm. And, you know, she had a good, close working relationship with your uncle, late mm -hmm. Dowro. She was his secretary. Yes, yes. Uh, and uh, my father similarly had, uh, they, they, they were just sticklers for doing things the right way. Mm -hmm. And uh, the level of aggression, I suppose, came from my mother. Uh, my father was was uh, much more laid back, but that's it, it was in that home in Collins Avenue that all of this was bred. Mm -hmm. uh, in terms of my political career, uh, well, obviously, Lyndon Pinling, uh, who I met as a high school student back in 1969, but the person who really took me on under his wings was Loftus Roca. Mm -hmm. uh, after I spoke at oh, the really? convention, uh, okay. the 1975 convention, the Progressive Liberal Party. Mm -hmm. And uh, I often tell the younger ones that politics is a fortuitous business, which means it's a, sometimes a matter of luck. Mm -hmm. um, I happened to be the chairman of the Centerville branch of the PLP at the time. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was supposed to give the party's uh, annual report the, for the branch report. Of course, yes. you know, nobody sits through branch reports because they're rather routine. Mm -hmm. But um, I had the good fortune of being speaking in the morning when Muhammad Ali was appearing at the convention. Oh, wow. And I kept sitting there praying, praying, praying. I said, <laughs> boy, I hope uh, that I get to speak just before he comes in because, of course, if I speak after he comes in, nobody's going to be here okay. to listen. Okay. And it happened that way. God had it happen that way. That way, okay. And so the whole hall was full of people from mm -hmm. the prime minister right down to the lowliest. Mm -hmm. And uh, when the speech was finished, uh, so Lyndon jumped up to his feet and he ran up to me. There was a standing ovation and he said, young man, you're on your way. Wow. And uh, I got put on all the various committees and <laughs> Loftus Roker walked up to me and said, um, you know, I like you. Mm -hmm. I like what you're doing. And I was appointed a few months later because the convention takes place in October. So mm -hmm. in January of the next year, which would have been 76, mm -hmm. I was appointed a member of the board of the Bahamas Telecommunications Corporation. Wow. I was then, I guess I was 22 or something like that. Mm -hmm. yeah. So you started out pretty young. Yeah. And so would you say that destiny found you? Uh, divine providence. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think so. But I've been very fortunate, I think, and uh, and I've tried to say this is a fairly easy country mm -hmm. to impact uh, civil society. Mm -hmm. And uh, I encourage those who are interested in public service to understand that about the kind of, kind of country we have. Mm -hmm. And it's a lot easier now because you don't have, um, you have social media, which you didn't have when I was in my 20s. Mm -hmm. I mean, that didn't exist. There was mm -hmm. the Tribune, the Guardian, and Zad Ness, and that was it. Mm -hmm. And you had to find a way to make your way amongst mm -hmm. those. But now uh, you have a direct feed. Yes, you can, you can do it all yourself. So you have mm -hmm. it much easier, I think. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yesterday, uh, the PLP officials, including yourself, gathered at the resting place, um, the mausoleum of the late Sir Lyndon Pindling to commemorate the advent, of course, the majority rule day. And, of course, that momentous occasion taking place January 10th, 1967, with the promise of fair play and equal opportunity even for the common man. 
even for the common everyday Bahamian. That's 54 years ago, five and a half decades. The PLP has been in governance, not consecutively, for we can say quite fairly over 30 years, over three decades. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you believe now since majority rule, now looking at a modern day Bahamas 2021, what do you believe has been the real impact of the PLP when it comes to the overall development and advancement of this nation? Well, the, the real impact, I think, by far is the fact that the African population in the Bahamas has a self-assurance that this is their country, mm-hmm. which they didn't have before 1967. That's mm-hmm. it, plain and simple. Mm-hmm. There are lots of other add-ons, but that's it, plain mm-hmm. and simple. Let's uh, talk about those add-ons, though. Let's talk <coughs> about the Bahamas today, 2021. That's why I specifically call the year, uh, because now... Of course, you're you're sitting as the opposition now, the PLP that is, mm. and uh, the the opposition should be very vocal. That is a part of the actual purpose of the opposition. Uh, whenever anything comes up in the house, the opposition ought to have its say. And um, you're now having the electorate that's becoming more up in arms. And when hearing from the opposition saying, "Listen, you all have been governing for X Y Z amount of years. Why didn't you do it then?" Why are you only speaking up now? What is it that you would say to someone who would ask you the question that I just asked? I ask him, why would you complain about the air when that's all there is to breathe? Mm. Essentially, that comment is rubbish. Mm-hmm. Why uh, would you say that that comment is rubbish? Well, because it doesn't make any sense. I mean, the fact is we are where we are. Mm-hmm. So, you know, either you're satisfied with menace or we'll just be silent. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the, the comment just doesn't, it's a non sequitur. It doesn't make any sense. Okay. The fact is we are we are where we are, and we respond to what exists today. Okay, you just said either we're satisfied with menace. Yeah. We, let's go back to 2017. Mm-hmm. One of the most miserable defeats that the Progressive Liberal Party has ever, ever experienced well, in I its didn't entire consider life. That. You didn't consider it that? No. Okay, well, we're that's, looking at it. That's how. That's we're looking how. at it numerically, yeah, okay? We're looking yeah. at the numbers. We're yeah. looking at the amount of seats that the FNM got uh-huh. opposed to the number of seats that the PLP got. Yeah. We're looking at those landmark almost yeah. kind of constituencies where um, the teeth of the PLP was definitely sunk in, right. where people would think by and large for the most part that, hey, the PLP's got this for next to eternity. Mm. But we saw that there was definitely a flip when it came to almost every seat including yours, Senator. Mm-hmm. And so how can you say that, okay, you're not pleased with, with menace, so we are where we are? By and large, are we not where we are as a people, largely due to the governance of the PLP, seeing as though no, the, the PLP no, was sir. in power for such for the majority of time? No, sir. No, sir. The, F- the FNM has been in power longer in the last 20 years than the PLP. I was just talking to a policeman. Uh, I'm talking about since the formation. I'm talking about since 1967. I'm talking about since majority rule. Yeah, but, uh, you know, the, the, the situation which obtains today has to do with the FNM's governance. It's got nothing to do with the PLP. Is nothing to do with the PLP? Absolutely nothing. Nothing. Does the governance of the PLP over uh-huh. 30 years, over 30 years, over three decades, uh-huh. does it have anything to do with where we are as a people today in 2021 in the Bahamas? Uh, let's go back to majority rule and the 25 years. The we want to go back era. to 1967. No, I was asked to come here and speak about that, so I'm going to speak about that. Okay. You know, the institutions of the country, independence, the fact of the country is a progressive liberal party invention. That's clear. National insurance, for example, which is helping us get through this pandemic, was a national insurance was was uh, implemented by the Progressive Liberal Party. So if you want to say yes, those things, governance, the Defense Force, the College of the Bahamas, now the University of the Bahamas, the Central Bank, all the institutions of the country were all put in place by the Progressive Liberal Party. 
and what was run was a lot of rubbish in 2017 about what the PLP didn't do. National Health none Insurance. None of it was true. Um, I can't say none of it was true, but certainly what they made it out to be was simply false, demonstrably mm -hmm. false, like stealing the VAT money. Rubbish. It was a mm -hmm. lie, a blatant lie. Mm -hmm. you know, and they keep you know, repeating this propaganda about corruption, for example. And now who it turns out? Their own, uh, what, what is it? The deputy prime minister had to resign for what? I mean, you know, that it, so people should- Was it not should, alleged? Has it been proven? Well, it's alleged or it ain't alleged. The fact is they didn't worry about that with the PLP. There is no demonstrable corruption, which the F&M can none. point to. None, none, none. They can make up stories, but there's none, none. What is the qualifying adverb you used just now? Well, there is no what corruption? Demonstrable. You prove it. Ah. They brought they they locked up two guys uh, who were minister former members of parliament. It turns out the evidence was fabricated, flimsy evidence. You're using an absolute term. You said none. None, none. Um, as the member of parliament for Fox Hill, I've had many conversations with Foxillians. I have lots of friends there, and I have never I've next to never heard anything bad about you as, a, uh, as the representative for Fox Hill. People Tried love you there. They say that you've been a good representative for so many years. And uh, you've done so much good for the community. And I was reading through and seeing some of the work that you have done there. Benefactor and friend to all of the schools um, in the area, most notably the Sandilands Primary School, L.W. Young Junior High School, the Doris Johnson High School. And there are so many other things that you have done there as well. Uh, though uh, you're not holding the, the, the seat, uh, what do you think is uh, the reason for that? After such great and good representation, all of a sudden... Um, there, were, there was obvious shock because I remember the response back in 2017 that, hey, um, certain seats are still not, are no longer being held by the PLP, by the grip of the PLP. Fox Hill being one of those. What do you have to say to that? Well, you lose elections, that's all. You so, lose elections and that's all. Mm -hmm. you win so you some, don't think you it has some. anything to do with how, you don't think it has anything to do with your representation. It just has to do possibly, uh, let me finish the question. It just has to do possibly yeah. with the fact that maybe the electorate was just so sick and tired of the great governance of the PLP that now they wanted to throw you up by a landslide. Uh, well, you know, I, again, I don't really uh, concern myself with that. That's the past. My concentration now is we're in a bad shape and we need a better government. The PLP will provide a better government whenever that election is called. And, you know, people say they're not feeling this and not feeling that. Well, if you're satisfied with Minnis, go ahead, vote for him. That's the, the alternative is the Progressive Liberal Party. And we're going to do the best we can to put together a team which will better govern this country. That's it. When now, is that team going to be presented? Because it's already January 2021. Um, now. People are really antsy about seeing, you know, so, the So I hear. So I hear. But, you know, the fact is that uh, it's 18 months away. So it, it's still some time to go. 18 months away, Possibly. with no possibility of an early call, you think? Uh, well, I see the spokespersons for the other party say they're not calling an early election. I mean, I don't believe them. The PLP is ready whenever the election is called, and we'll present the best team we can, you know. Okay, the PLP is ready now. Ready always. <laughs> I like that response, ready <laughs> always. Okay, so 2022 um, elections. Let's talk about that just a little bit, and then we're going to get back to it for um, part two uh, some more as well. What do you believe... Um, you are the chairman for the Progressive Liberal Party. What do you believe that the PLP will be offering differently now than it has offered before to the electorate for this upcoming election? 
I'm not sure that is a, a fair question because the project of majority rule, which is economic empowerment, is an mm -hmm. ongoing project. Um, there's an expression in Portuguese, a luta continua, which is mm -hmm. the struggle continues. Mm -hmm. We're still struggling against racism, classism, and colorism in this country. Mm -hmm. That's a struggle which many people felt in 67 we had conquered, but we clearly haven't. Mm -hmm. uh, so the self-esteem of our people the cultural uh, that must be culturally ingrained in our people uh, as an African people, uh, where these negatives are taught to you from the time you were a child, all of those things, ha we have to continually fight against them. Mm -hmm. So that's one, the cultural project. Mm -hmm. The economic project has to do with empowerment of ordinary people. Of that course. clearly has not happened because mm -hmm. clearly uh, wealth is now more concentrated than it was, even though the people who are our detractors are the ones who benefited the most by the wealth but they're the main detractors of the PLP. Mm -hmm. So there's this inverse relationship between the good which happened to these people, the minority, mm -hmm. and the bad which has happened as a result of their concentration of wealth, mm -hmm. and the good the PLP has done uh, overall. So uh, as I said, when you return to governance, there are certain projects which have to be continued. Mm -hmm. For example, uh, Here goes the answer to my no, question. National health insurance. That's what I was asking you. Well, national health insurance. No, you said you said you were indicating something new, and I'm mm -hmm. saying it's a continuing project. Mm -hmm. So it's not necessarily new. It's a continuing project. Okay. These folk who are in power now fought tooth and nail against national health insurance, and their problems now can't treat sick people because they fought against national health insurance. Okay, well, share with me the particulars then of the continuance. Uh, yeah, well, well, national. Fight. Well, as I said, national health insurance is one of them. Agricultural development is another. Mm -hmm. You know, they turned Bamsey into a burnt-out building, talking rubbish about burning down a building, which mm -hmm. is nonsense. Mm -hmm. A big. If you went to Bamsey, you'll see the vastness and the importance of that project to food security. They virtually stopped it. Mm -hmm. So that needs to continue. Mm -hmm. Andros itself, we need to protect Morgan's Bluff. Make sure that it doesn't go into the hands of these folk who run the port now, mm -hmm. and uh, control the port. Uh, because Andros is going to be the breadbasket of the country. Uh, we are committed to bridging Andros from north to south, developing the road system, making sure that the port is in uh, public hands, mm -hmm. those kinds of projects. Um, obviously, the tourism project is going to need uh, refreshing because of this Definitely. pandemic. I mean, so you're going to have to do that. The mm -hmm. debt situation is completely out of control. we got to find some way to get some money in here, cheap money, and get it in people's pockets. Because mm -hmm. I think uh, after the election, job number one is going to be the economy, and job number two is going to be jobs Any specific people. plans? Yeah, I don't know exactly how you're going to go about doing that. Well, I mean, we've, we've said that uh, we want to dedicate a quarter of a billion dollars to a venture capital fund for small and medium-sized enterprises, because we think that's the thing that's going to be able to drive the economy. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's just, just for starters. Mm -hmm. um, so that, that's going to that's be an important initiative, I think. The other thing, of course, is uh, the PLP has always been education-oriented. I want to make sure that we expand the public scholars program, which is started by Jerome uh, Fitzgerald. Mm -hmm. And it's a, this, the public scholars program is for public school students. It was started because uh, private school students were getting the jump on public school students for the scholarships which were available in the normal scholarship program of the okay. Bahamas government. So we came with this public scholars program, negotiated with universities in the U.S., the government provides the uh, tuition, mm -hmm. and uh, the universities over there provide everything else. So basically, everything is free to the to the uh, university student, and that's okay. been a tremendous success. And we need to double it, triple it. I think that's uh, that's important. So lots of things to do of a continuing uh, nature.
Mm-hmm. What about the financing of all of those great and awesome plans that you just Yeah, uh, well, I, s- I said, now? yeah, you need money. You need to find the money from somewhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing about money is, although it doesn't grow on trees, it's it's there. It's not lost anywhere. And you mm-hmm. can find it once you negotiate it under the right conditions. And um, you believe that the PLP can will, and will do that? Should promise, they win come 2020? Promise that that's what we'll do. Promise that's what we'll do. Okay. Alrighty, moving right along. Uh, let's talk a little bit more about the education um, element. Uh, seeing as though that you just uh, sort of paused right there, uh, I had a little bit of a conversation with the Minister of Education, Jeffrey Lloyd, concerning his comments as relates to uh, where he described the examinations, the BJC, the BGCSE, as being successful. Uh, there were lots of uh, talk show hosts the following day who really uh, gripped down on that saying, oh my goodness, how in the world can you actually describe it as successful after looking at uh, the results? Uh, what is the result of the, of the PLP um, when looking at the national grade point average still standing at a grade letter D? Uh, that's after, of course, it being marked on a curve, taking into consideration now the virtual um, environment in which we now exist in the educational arena. Uh, what's going to be happening differently uh, when it comes to education and really helping or our youth uh, really get uh, their grips about them as it relates to uh, being able to function in a uh, you know 21st century uh, global environment because we are no longer now just secluded here in the Bahamas. What happens in the world uh, really impacts us. We need to be able to compete on a global level. Well, you're absolutely right. And uh, let me put it this way. Um, the experts have told us, and this isn't developed policy, the Progressive Liberal Party, that you know we're, we're working in a school system that was designed for 19th century factory workers. Mm-hmm. And that clearly does not fit what is required now. Mm-hmm. Um, the assumption is, for example, with this switch to uh, computerization and digitization, the assumption is that youngsters know more about this stuff than we do because they grew up in it. And in a sense, they are more mechanically adept at, at it. But things like discerning what is true and false on the internet is some is a skill we have to st- start teaching them because mm-hmm. in this uh, dispensation it appears they believe any garbage Research. that's that's that's, yes. uh, that's on online mm-hmm. so uh, my point is that uh, something uh, of a revolutionary and evolutionary nature has to be done with the education system to do precisely what you say just to better equip the students of today to live in the world of today and tomorrow and I can only say, as a general nature, we're committed to that exercise because we've heard enough, um, you know, mm-hmm. criticism, expertise, professional advice on this subject. Mm-hmm. Um, I suspect also that the physical plant of the schools, for example, L.W. Young and Foxhill, needs uh, a lot of work on the mm-hmm. physical plant. Uh, those buildings, uh, L.W. Young, S.C. McPherson, uh, I think to some extent A.F. Adley, mm-hmm. uh, were all built with this prefab material which only had a 20-year life, and they've now gone long past their shelf life, and they mm-hmm. need to be replaced. Uh, it was done because the demand for secondary education uh, right after the PLP came to power in the 70s was so much, and the expansion, we had to do something really quickly. The buildings need to be replaced, uh, so that's a project that we have to have to get get behind as well. Of course, and there also needs to be extreme consideration given to the virtual learning environment now in which we now exist is not so much uh, the actual physical location uh, yeah, because I, of the way I, the things I, are due to COVID-19. Yeah, so I see. But, you know, COVID-19 is going to go away eventually. Eventually. And, I mean, we, have to, we have to go back to a face-to-face environment. You eventually. Know? Yeah. And yeah. so uh, 
the physical is going to, I think, uh, still be important, particularly for the socialization. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm really concerned about uh, the effect of all of this on the uh, teaching people the socialization process, how you actually get along with people, you know, mm-hmm. and not, not uh, seeing through some computer. That's so very that. true. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and therein lies to the incorporation of the hybrid model, mm-hmm. you know, where you have some classes that are done virtually and then you have some classes that are done face-to-face. Right. And then you're doing this over a period of time until hopefully, you know, the COVID-19 situation um, would have turned around. Yes, right. Yeah, yeah. which you know, it will. Oh. Yes, 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 we pray. And quickly. Yeah. And um, uh, talking about COVID-19, let's talk a little bit about that. Let's talk a little bit about what's going on with that right now per this recording, 8,004 confirmed cases, uh, 175 uh, deaths. The first question that I want to ask you about it is, what do you feel would have been done differently for us to not be where we are as a people, as a nation, as it relates to this COVID-19 situation, uh, should the PLP been in power? Well, our COVID task force has been talking about testing, 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 and that's really the solution to this. Since the beginning? Yeah, from the very mm-hmm. start. You know, they, they opposed testing, and then they agreed to testing. They opposed the masks, and then they agreed to the mask. You know, it's just on and on and on. Uh, one sort of mistake after the next. Um, but, I mean, clearly the science is the mask is important. The social distancing is important. Of course. We, we've said public education is important. But, mm-hmm. you know, right now, since younger people are not generally affected by the disease, I think everybody's pretty cheesed off of this government and all the clamping down and opening up, clamping down, opening up, and mm-hmm. you know the economy's going in the tank. So it's creating social pressure. So I think we would have done a better job in managing all of that. You think you would have done a better job in managing all of that, uh, sitting on the other side as the opposition? You know, because you know some people say hindsight is the best sight. Or do you really feel that the PLP is just more capable, period? Uh, I think we're more capable. I think also more sensitive to what's going on, mm-hmm. uh, you know, in, in big ways and in small ways. You know, you could always get to a PLP politician and get them to respond. Mm-hmm. And that's the difference. You know, it's the sensitivity yeah, the which people. <laughs> yes, you know, that is so. I mean, you know, people cuss and carry on and say this and that. But at the <laughs> end of the day, you know, you can, you can get to them. Uh-huh. You know, and uh, they're not going to be ducking you and, you know, that sort of stuff. Okay. Recently, uh, you made a mention of uh, some of the questions that you believe that uh, the electorate, the payment people uh, would have the government to answer. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of them you spoke about and still going along the strands here of talking about uh, health issues. And that is talking about the new strain now. There, first, there was COVID-19. And now, all of a sudden, we're talking about uh, new strains. And, of course, we know... Uh, with tourism being our number one industry and talking about global travel. Uh, one day it was all the way in China when this first started. Now all of a sudden we are dealing with 8,004 cases here in the Bahamas. So we have to have extreme concern as it relates to the uh, new strains. Of course, listening to health officials, they are saying now that uh, what it is that we're already doing would already suffice as long as we keep our guard up. And that is with the social distancing, with the mask wearing, with the constant sanitizing of hands, et cetera, et cetera. No capacity to test for the new strain, according to the director of the National Reference Lab. What are your comments on that? Well, you know, the, the country has a resource problem, uh, period. And also mm-hmm. it has a, has a planning problem and uh, the problem of looking into the future. 
So part of you know our sort of general criticism of what happened over all of this mm -hmm. was remember that the reason why all these lockdowns were put in place in the first instance, mm -hmm. they said, was to stop the pressure on the hospitals so that all the beds and ventilators wouldn't take up. And it would right, give right. the government time to ramp up mm -hmm. equipment, uh, personnel, services. Unfortunately, that didn't happen. And mm -hmm. we keep getting caught with our pants down with this issue. Mm -hmm. So I, I imagine you have the same issue now. I mean, mm -hmm. you, you could you could see this kind of thing coming. But, you know, I think generally our professionals, they know what to do. and They can properly advise the politicians and the policymakers. And if those policymakers follow the advice, I think, you know, we'll be fine generally. Mm -hmm. what, what is the actual purpose of the PLP COVID task force specifically? As it yes, relates to COVID-19. It is to put together a professional group of people to make recommendations on the government's programs insofar as it relates to COVID. Mm -hmm. Any of those recommendations have been adhered to or taken up by the government, as you um, know? If they have, they've been done quite grudgingly. They've been done quite grudgingly. Yeah, if they have. Interesting description. Yeah. <laughs> oh, right. Well, you know, uh, he started off by saying, I don't listen to Brave. So I guess that tells you. That's mm -hmm. what he said from the public platform. So I heard. Yeah. <laughs> I, I heard. Yeah. You know, time really flies when you're having fun. You know, we're going to have to wrap up part one of a two-part series. I'm so glad that I'm going to be having you for uh, next week as well because there's so much to discuss. And so um, in the meantime, I'm going to say uh, just uh, I really appreciate your insight Sayonara. and your thoughts being shared here today. Um, uh, for our next conversation, I definitely want to get more into hot topics uh, dealing with what's going on. Uh, with the Bahamas Petroleum Company. Of course, there's lots of talk going on with the drilling. Uh, we really have to get into that and also more about uh, COVID. And there's so much more that's going on. Uh, th so mm -hmm. I would like for us to talk a little bit more about that come next week. Thank you. Thank you so very much. And that, that's going to be it for here today on Influencers on Guardian Talk Radio, 96.9 FM. I'm your host, Lady Shima. Until next time, blessings. Influencers was brought to you by Seven Seas. Start your day the right way. Soya Studios, located in the Flowers Plaza on Michael Road West. Carib Construction. Real-time sound studios. And Global Transformation Media, transforming you from the inside out.